0: So, in my previous previous place of employment, I was called the prep guy. Um, In the last year or so that I was there, I did prep on and off um, for the three years I was there prior. So I was there for a year um, doing prep solidly, and then the three years before that, I was sort of getting into that position but once i moved to night shift that became my position and i was so happy Um, i was very good at it Um, the owners actually came up to me once and they were like if you ever walk in and your name is not on the board for prep erase whoever's name is on there and write your name on there because I, I wanted that position, and I worked really hard at it. And so, I don't want it to sound like boasting, but I was good at the position. Um, and if you don't know, prep is the position where you make all the salads, uh, the fruit cups, you do all the dishes. Uh, I, I enjoyed it because I work by myself. Um, I'm a very social person, but when I'm working, I just sort of, you know, let me do my let me do my thing, but I did have a secret. The reason I was so good at prep is because I learned how to cut just the right corners at the job so that I could do it faster, and that's why I was good at it. I could do it really fast, and people would be like, man, you get your job done so fast, and I was like, yeah, that's because I I cut slight corners. I didn't do anything that was unsafe or anything that was unsanitary, Um, I didn't, you know, cross-contaminate raw chicken with salads or anything like that. But, why would I use a scoop when I have clean gloves that I'm changing often? And so, that was sort of my, that was sort of my secret. I would, I would just, you know, boom, 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 salad's done, instead of scooping it. I knew the, I knew the measurements. And so, It was just so much faster for me to reach in and get what I needed and it was faster for me and the owners liked what they saw. Everyone wins, right? Or so I thought. Um, The reason I knew that I shouldn't be doing that is because the owner had told me not to do it a few times Um, and so every time he would walk in he'd say, if in the past, he would say, hey, make sure you're using your scoops. And I'd be like, yeah, awesome. And then we'd talk for a minute. We'd talk about how the Cowboys are going to get wrecked this year in football. Um, and then I would start using the scoops for the salad until he left. And then when he walked out the door, I would go back to doing what I was doing because my way was faster and I knew better. That sounded arrogant. It's You might not think this is a big deal, and to some, it wouldn't seem like a big deal. But I realize now, what I was doing was wrong. The owner, he was my boss, and he wanted me to do prep a specific way. And I needed to do it how he told me to do it, because he was the one that was giving me a paycheck. He was the boss, and I should have listened. But... Before we get into the message, speaking of prep, I, I did not know I was going to be up here today until um, kind of last minute. Jason is out of town doing a, a wedding, I believe, um, and he had someone lined up, but they got sick. And so Jason asked me somewhat last minute if I would preach, and this is sort of a period where I'm not doing much except for work and school, so I said yes. Um, I love preaching. It is... It is what I want to do full-time, maybe at some point. I just really enjoy preaching. It is one of my passions. And so it is an honor and a privilege to get up here and talk with you guys today. But I will give you a preface. This sermon might be a little short, um, 15 to 25 minutes. might be normal. Who knows? But if it's super short, you'll beat the line out, amigos, and you won't have to wait. But today we're going to talk about my favorite verse. Jason said you can do a psalm if you want, or you can do whatever you want. And so my favorite verse is Colossians 3.23. And it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for human masters. Like, this is the verse that I revolve my life around. I have it tattooed on my wrist. And it it is what... I use to keep myself rooted from my pride and my arrogance when I'm working. And I'm not gonna lie, I was clinging onto this verse really hard last night at two o'clock when I was finishing all of my, my prepping. And so, with this verse, whatever you do, work heartily. The main theme is whatever you do in life, let your actions be motivated by Christ. And not others. Um, This verse has guided me through all of the jobs I have had. I've had about six. It is guiding me through ministry and my non-ministry job and it has always given me motivation to be the best I can be because I do it for Christ and not for humans like Jason Payne. I don't work for him. Well I do but (laughs) So, and I'll preface this, I haven't always obeyed this perfectly, as we saw at the beginning with Chick-fil-A, but uh, one quick word before I read the text, the bulletin points are completely different than what is on the bulletin. I changed them last minute. Uh, It's no one's fault, I just changed some things. And so if you're a note taker, just try and write in the empty space. And also, if the discussion questions, when those are sent out, the questions don't actually go with the message, so if you want, just look at them and, you know, research what is on there. And so, I'm going to pray, if you have a digital Bible, I'll be reading out of the ESV, I don't have a, I don't have a PowerPoint slide, so we're going to go back to the Stone Age, but I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive in. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us all to be here. Um, I just pray that you use and speak through me as I give the message. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous today because it was sort of last minute, but I just pray that you help calm my nerves and I can speak wisdom because you give wisdom to those who ask. And Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for this congregation. We love you so much. We pray for this in your name. Amen. All right, Colossians three, twenty-two through twenty-five says, Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. So, going back to the old days, the early church days, slavery was a thing that was still happening. Uh, One of the earliest examples we see is in the Exodus Um, when the Israelites are enslaved and they're being treated poorly to the point of death. And so when Paul writes this letter, he's writing to these slaves, and you might be thinking, why why would he condone slavery? Well, at this point, the church was very early, and it had no political power. So they, they couldn't really change it. And so Paul writes this letter to the Colossians, or to the church at Colossae, and he gives four examples of people that their actions, how their actions should reflect Christ. And one of those people is bondservants. And if you don't know what a bondservant is, it was essentially a slave. These men were bound to their master, and they did not receive any type of wage. But I want you I want you to know that this slavery is not the same system of slavery that we had sort of before the Civil War ended. It wasn't a personal property slavery. The the slavery in the ancient world was often a willing choice to pay off debts or to uh, temporarily work a job just for your basic needs. It was not a lifetime sentence. And so there's a difference there. But... We have these bondservants and they they're slaves to these human masters and imagine what they're thinking when Paul writes this letter to him. If they had a horrible master, they were probably very frustrated that they would be called to obey and submit to them. Like why would why would I be told to submit to a human master that is awful? But Paul even writes this again to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6. This is 6 5 through 8. He says, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whoever or knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. It's almost like two passages being written the exact same. And in both both passages, Paul says, if a bondservant is in Christ, he should obey his master with respect And he should do the best job that he can for what he is doing. No matter if the boss is around and if the boss is not around. Because whether or not the boss was there, they were a slave to Christ. And even though the boss couldn't see, Christ still could. And this was the will of God for these bondservants at the time. And Paul even writes in 1 Corinthians 7, he wants the slaves to be set free if they can be. He says, if you can be set free, do it. Because Paul even knows while he's writing this message that they still might have a hard life, even though they're submitting to their masters. But towards these bond servants, Paul gives them hope. Because if a bondservant had found Christ, then they were spiritually free. So while physically on this earth, they were bound to a master, they were free in Christ. They had ultimate freedom, and their reward would be in heaven. And so these slaves were called to honor their masters because their motivation would have been God... And in doing so, they were not ruining the name of God in their teachings. Like, imagine if they were just horrible to their masters as well, yet they proclaimed the name of Christ. 1 Timothy 6 1 and 2 says, Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching May not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. So, in this passage, it is proclaimed that regardless of whether a slave had a good or a bad master, they should still honor him. However, if the slave had a master that was a believer, they were brothers in Christ. And the good service provided by the slave to the master would be beneficial and beloved because the master was also a follower of Christ. But how does this apply in today's world? 1 Corinthians 7, 22 through 23 says, For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. Christ, in his infinite love and grace, came and died for us. He paid the ultimate price for his people And now all those people who were bondservants are now alive in Christ because they believed and they were freed spiritually. But it also made them a bondservant of Christ. We are all bondservants of Christ. The only difference in these two is he took away our earned wages, which is death from sin, and gave us an everlasting wage, which is eternal life with him. But I believe this passage can be said just as easily about anyone who works in the job force or even just does any type of action. Whether you're a teenager in school, whether you're working in your career, or even if you're a stay-at-home mom, all of these jobs should be done with the motivation of Christ and not for human ambition. And so the big point that I want to get across this morning, I have two points. This is the first one. Work with motivation from God, not from human masters. Work with motivation from God, not from human masters. No matter how horrible a boss might be, work for Christ above all else. If you have Christ then your reward is an internal inheritance with God. And that is far better than what any earthly master slash boss can do for you. So going back to my opening illustration, what I was doing was wrong. On prep, my boss wanted me to do that job a specific way, and I was not obedient in that. I thought since it wasn't something of super importance, like cross-contaminating chicken, it wouldn't matter, but it did. And I thought since the owner didn't see, then it wouldn't matter. But when I'm thinking about this from a perspective of Colossians 3, and I'm seeking to honor Christ in my work, I was very clearly doing something wrong. Disobedience, no matter how small and insignificant, always matters to God. In all things, big or small, God wants us to glorify him. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, "So whatever you, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. <clears throat> and I know personally, This is hard to live by sometimes. Christians should strive to do the best job that they can at their place of employment. We're called to submit to our bosses, not at the expense of anything sinful or ungodly, but God calls us to have a strong work ethic, even if we are working alone. We should work heartily for the Lord at all times. <clears throat> I've worked about six jobs in my life, I mentioned that, but at most of them, I have worked for people who could not have cared less about me. And I think that's a, a big similarity in the job force today. But as Christians in a secular world, people will try and use you, people will take advantage of you, and if you are always actively a hard worker, Some people might even try to sabotage you because if you're the only one that's actually trying it's going to make them look bad. I have some good friends, Um, they no longer live here. They were the nicest, funniest people, I loved them and their work ethic was ridiculous. One of them was so great I literally called her the machine. Because when she started, everyone was just like, "This person's crazy good at her job," and they always put a hundred and ten percent effort into their job, and it made almost everyone else who didn't try look bad and so the employees went behind their back, these people talked negatively about them to our boss and when they went to the boss with concerns and desires to further themselves in their career, the boss did not want to work with them. And they were ran off. So they left their job, but they kept their character, and they kept working for the Lord. And they will be rewarded with an eternal inheritance for their devotion to Christ. And so in this, God does not favor the rich or the poor. He does not favor the husband over the wife. He does not favor the boss over the worker, nor the master over the slave. Because Colossians 3.25 says, God does not show partiality. And so God will repay his people with eternal life. And he will repay those who do evil with divine judgment. And in this passage also, God calls us not to be people pleasers. He tells us to do our job to the best of our ability, even when no one is looking, and we could easily slack off. He calls us to do it sincerely while fearing the Lord. We're doing our work not to please others, but because we have a desire to glorify God and his commands that he's given us. He tells us to work heartily Which means to give 100%. He doesn't say you should work half-heartedly. He says work heartily. So you should be working with passion. And finally, he tells us that we should expect the inheritance as our reward. God, in his immense love and grace, tells us to expect an eternity with him. Because that is our reward when we put our faith in him and when we do what he commands. And so while we wouldn't receive, while we'd be working for wages, if we get paid, if we're underpaid, we can still look to Christ and our hope is in the reward that he's promised us. And so here's my final point. Let your actions reflect Christ as you live your life in him. Let your actions reflect Christ as you live your life in him. And so today, let me challenge you. Is God reflected in your motivations? And are you able to work heartily for the Lord and not for humans? On Monday... Um, I got to work, and I sort of had a good and bad heart experience. There was some, there was conviction uh, followed along with uh, some compassion. I work at a water and gas part manufacturing plant in Stony Creek. I have my own cell that I work in. I walk. I have this these three huge machines. I and I just I work by myself. No one usually bothers me. The supervisor will come by once or twice and ask me how it's going. And so on Monday, I got to work. I put my headphones on. I turned on whatever podcast I was listening to, and I got to work. I was there. I was ready to just hit the grind eight hours later, clock out, go home, and eat a sandwich, honestly. Well, 30 minutes into the job, the supervisor walks up to me with a sweet old lady who's in her 30s, or not in her 30s, in her 60s, <laughs> a sweet old lady, she's in her 60s, and he says, hey, you're going to train this lady today because her cell is down, and in my mind, I'm just like, oh my goodness, come on now, I just want to listen to my podcast. I just... My first thought was annoyance, and I just wanted to do my job and then leave. I didn't want to have to put any brain effort. And so my first thought was not any type of positive thought. And so she works with me for two hours. I've been training this lady. Uh, she's really cool. And sort of we, we've hit a groove where she's, she's making some parts, and then I'm, I'm testing them and boxing them up. And so the supervisor comes back and tells her, hey, we have another cell set up for you. And so she kind of gets frustrated. And when she gets frustrated, she's like, oh, I hate going to this cell because the parts are too small and it hurts my hands. And so my immediate thought is, well, I can go to that cell if you want. Like I can, I will go do that job so you can stay here. And while she said she would go she was taken aback by my kindness and that kind of confused me. She was very appreciative that I would leave my cell and go work in another cell. And I'm not going to lie it made me feel kind of bad because my motivation is Christ and here I am working with a sweet old lady. And she's never really shown common courtesy in this job. I hated that. And because my heart was in the wrong place at the beginning, I didn't share the gospel with her or anything like that. And I, I truly hope that I get to work with her again so I can. But in that moment, after, when I offered her to stay here, She noticed something about me that was different than others. Because when I said that, she turned around and she was just like, that was really kind of you to say that. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, I feel like most people would say that, but in reality they wouldn't. Christ is my motivation. Christ is my motivation over my own selfish ambition that sometimes just wants to be left alone. And in those moments when the supervisor walks up and says, hey, you're training this person today, Christ is still my motivation. I must heavily rely on God every single day so that my actions reflect Him and not myself. If left to myself, I will serve myself. And that is all of humanity. If left to ourself, we will serve ourself. But in Christ, we have been made new. And that means our life has a new purpose. And that is to live for the glory of God. And so if we are in Christ, then we should have the sole motivation of Christ. Because we are his servant. And his way always 100% leads to an internal inheritance with him forever. By his grace, we can even work, and we can work hard. And then one day, we can stand before the Father, and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's Matthew twenty-five, twenty-three. Well done, good and faithful servant. And so if you have any questions, about the message. Um, I'll be up front, I don't know what all elders are in here, but you can find me, you can find an elder and you can talk to them if you have any questions.